Today, we had our first remote meeting as a team. We've always, at Voice First, been able to sit down together after our classes at Ohio State University. And we find a classroom, we take it over, we get on the whiteboards and write down our goals, and we we're always in person to allow that energy that we all have and the ideas that we all have to flow as efficiently as possible. I started reading this book today called Stealing Fire, and one of the case studies they have in that book is from SEAL Team 6, talking about how efficiently they need to move and in their most productive states when they're in the heat of the mission. Speech is not fast enough to communicate their ideas. It's in their body language. It's in listening to one single leader in his word. It's knowing your role on the team and then seeing everybody else execute their role that gives you the higher picture of just how to execute in that moment. And we've realized that one of the best ways to do that is to have the entire team together. But at the same time, we have to be able to operate independently so that when people want to take a week and work remotely, they can still do that and be productive. Or if half of our team is traveling around the United States to continue to do meetings and go to conferences and sell the product and meet up with some of our partners, we're still able to operate efficiently regardless of where our team's at. So today, we had a meeting via Google Hangouts. So <laughs> we sent a link out at 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. A lot of us are in um, Columbus. Some of us are in Cleveland. Right now, I'm in Chicago. And everybody just kind of went home for winter break. And uh, we had to work independently today. I tried to bring Pat onto this call a little while ago, and it, it didn't work. But... Um, one of our team members, RJ, wants me to try again, so I'm going to stop this and give it a try. I don't know if it's going to work or not, so we'll, we'll see if it does. Give me like five seconds and we'll be right back. I started reading a, a book today called Stealing Fire. It was given to me by... Um, one of my friends from back home and it's big thing is altered states and it starts off with looking at seal team six going in and capturing someone and not like they wanted to capture the person alive and they finally locate this person um i think it was like about terrorism and they're a mile out they find that the person that they're trying to get is like an easy walking distance for them to just wake up in the morning and go and do the job while everyone's sleeping the commander of that mission was thinking that he actually was kind of put off at the fact that it was so close. He said that what he would have preferred was to have a three-mile uphill hike before they got there because that would have given their team to trudge long, get in step, just get their mindset around the hive mind of being with the team, hearing everybody else breathing around them, and that, that it provides them with that experience. So I think that we put ourselves in an altered state when we go into the classroom every single day, we separate ourselves from the rest of our lives, and it's us on the chalkboard recording, documenting, executing. And when we're out here, it's just our normal lives. It's hard to put ourselves in that same altered state. But Pat is talking about like how Pat's talking about putting in place so that we're still able to do that. So we can. It's not going to be the same altered state, but it's still putting ourselves in an ability to flow, regardless of who's around us, regardless of where we're at. I think it's going to be important for us to figure out what are the tools that we need to utilize specifically to do that. I think one of those is Google Hangouts. Like Google Hangouts is starting to be amazing because I can share my screen. I can see their face. I can hear their voices. 
Trello is nice because it, it backlogs some of our projects and we can just throw more tasks in the queue as we see them. What are some of the other tools? I, I don't know yet. As you guys know anything? Well, I would say this. It's very revealing the value of remote workers in that it goes to show the waste that we have within our own physical meetups because we can see what interactions help us get where we need to be, where we're not in person, and then that makes us realize what provides us the majority of the value when we actually are together so that we can focus on it rather than doing a bunch of other things that don't contribute to what we need to get done. So that's Stop not that. as much a tool. Because when we're but not, it's definitely an advantage of having work, like remote programmers who are working on projects along with people who are all together. Shifting kind of hard. My mind every day is spinning about what we need to do to make dry cleaners scale. Get the customers that are currently using it more excited about it and wanting to tell like all of their customers. My mind our current customers are in a place where they're very excited about the potential, they're confident enough in the product for whatever reason to want to go and shout it off the rooftops to all of their friends and to say it to all of their customers. Honestly, I just, I think we need, I need, we need, we need to like tell a better story and to communicate that story in a loud way. So I think that our current customers are gonna be our biggest assets. If we can sell these guys, RJ, I didn't even realize, RJ sends me or this link of champion dry cleaners, and they're like nationwide chain. And if we, like, what? If they were excited about it, and they talked about it, and they shared it with all of their different individual franchise stores or different individual locations, the network effect of how that could spread to the competition or to their allies or to their partners, amazing. Yeah, word of mouth is the most powerful. Like, yeah, it's awesome. We are we are leveraging the social medias because that allows us to reach customers that nobody else is able to. But word of mouth, yeah, is really powerful because we trust each other and, and, and together we can show each other the screen. I can just show you the app and you're going to listen to me because we're friends on a dry cleaning business professional level. What do we do to create that story? I think one of the things is that companies that is hey, that's the simplest thing. Just hey, here's what we've done since the past week that's making our current product that you're already paying for better. Here's the video of how to use those features. Anchor this podcast. Like Anchor sends me an email probably once a week. Hey, here's how you use co-host in a video that shows you the exact buttons you need to press to make it happen. You can throw in sponsors anywhere in your Anchor podcast. It's a video that shows you how to use it. It's dummy proof. They give you push notifications and they show you in video how to do it. So it's it's just like treat people like they're smart enough to figure it out, but at the same time help them in case they don't want to have to think about it those experiences for, for our customers and telling them stories like that. It was on Fiverr. Okay, that's a great way to start. We're, RJ and I are talking about sending out an email to the dry cleaners because we're about to release version two of the dry cleaner, which is going to be remembering and just being smarter. We're going to have all of the customer data get remembered so that when customers come in again, 
already removes your orders and it doesn't have to ask them a million questions. It just says, is there, hey, here's what you got last time. Is there anything you want to change? No? All right, you're done. And then we're also making it smarter, leveraging the fact that Alexa already knows where it's at. So it can provide the address of where to pick up the laundry. It already knows your name because Alexa knows that. It knows your phone number and it knows your email address. Ask these questions. Why ask for it and have redundant copies of that information? Why not just have the info that she's already got and then use it? So we just saw that and now we've added that. So now we want to communicate that to the dry cleaners and let them know, hey, this is how we made the product better. This is how it's going to save your customers time. Thank you for working with us and we promise next week we're going to have something that's going to make this even better. You know what? And then we just do Could we do, I'll bet you tomorrow I will do a um, My Dry Cleaner version one. And then once we have version two up, a version one video, once we have version two up, we'll do a version two video. And then we can say, version one, this is what your interaction was. Version two, this is what your interaction was. Just to show the trend line that voice first is improving the product. I also think, yeah. Yeah, the feedback It's important to secure a customer that is local that we can work with to make marketing videos or things like that with I want to make a you know how to use the app video with my mom like I'll have my mom be a use case customer and she'll go through and use it and blah 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 but I don't have a dry cleaner to come pick up her clothes and so it would be great to see you know a dry cleaner come and actually pick up the clothes and then like maybe get a quick couple shots at the dry cleaner or something like that so that's what it would be great to have a local dry cleaner to do that with. And so I think that's a priority too. For me, not for obviously the engineering team. Hmm. A lot. I was, you saying that makes me think, Ooh, should I just run inside and tell like my mom and my grandma, Hey, you guys cool. If I film you talking to my app and then I just watch them do it. I think you should 100% do that. Film it sideways. Uh, and then we'll put it on Instagram. The only thing is about my current version is that it, it already is going to assume a lot of info from my Google or, or from my Alexa. So That's when okay. I have them do V2. be like, Hey, voice first tech, your email is this, your phone number is this. Did we get all your info right? And they'll be like, Oh, uh, sure. Is, you think that'll still be good? Yeah. I think it's time to say yes. It's okay. That it's right. Okay. Oh, okay. I'll just let them play with it. I'll just tell them to yeah. play, like, Hey, say this command. And then I, I'll just back off and I'm just going to shut my mouth and I'll just hold yeah. up the camera and I'll, I'll see how they interact with it. Right. Yeah. You can just because see how they use it. And from a cloud perspective. Actually, after they use it and you get that content of them, because one, don't even say anything to them. Just tell them the wake word and then let them play with it. Then once you know you get all that on film, then you can actually have them be actors and you can tell them what you want to say so that you can do basically a marketing video, you know, that is exactly what you want to show a customer. So you get the data and then you make a video. Go ahead. Yeah. Because every new customer who uses this, we're going to have different ways that they talk yeah. to the device to get done what they want. And we might find that there are new products or services that people want, or, you know, just showing people the way that they would interact with their device to actually use what we're creating, I think would be really beneficial because for a lot of people, they hear what we're doing and they think, oh, wow, that's cool. But in their head, they don't know how they would uh, actually interact with it themselves. So kind of giving them an example of how someone's using it to pick up their laundry and never have to do laundry again could be really, really beneficial. 
for someone who is unsure whether or not they are capable of understanding that word. Cursing is amazing because I can go in and I can have my mom do it and I can have my grandma do it and I can have my dad and my brother. And those are five different demographics right there. And when, when we're talking about these in their homes, I've been watching. So today I was watching an Alexa commercial and it was the, this CO2 smoke detector. And it was this guy installing it at the top of what looked like the Sistine Chapel. And then when, it, when the smart ladder moves him all the way down to the ground, he says, hey, Lexi, play some Italian artist. I, I don't know the name of the composer. And then his smoke detector starts playing music. And my family looks around and they start talking about it. I'm like, wow, like the actors that they're picking in some of these commercials, they have a commercial with a daughter who's in her late twenties and a dad who's in his early seventies. And they have this single guy who's in his mid thirties and they have all these commercials to, to, to let different groups of people know, Hey, this is a person like you using this. And it's whether or not people see that consciously, it's the more people that we're throwing, the more that we're trying to get diverse people using this other random people see this and they're able to see themselves using it because, Oh, like I can relate to that person. They have the device in the same room of their house that I have it in. And their room looks the same as me. Wow. Maybe I could try that too. And then like all of the dots get connected right there because they just relate. It's like visualizations make things more, more, you'll, you'll notice really successful people talk about how they visualize doing a thing before they actually go and do a thing. So commercials are a way of doing that, especially luxury stuff like car commercials. You have like these scenes where they're driving through curvy roads and it's to put people in this place where they're visualizing themselves in that because once they visualize themselves there, it's much more likely that they're actually going to be able to do that in real life. It's going to feel more natural. It's going to feel like they've already made that purchase because they've already visualized themselves in that situation. So yeah, RJ, I'm going to, so did you say that I should record that sideways in landscape? Or portrait which one is better for like this kind of content because we can just chop it all up and put like 10 of these in a row and just like bleep yeah. them all together well i would say i was thinking as you were talking put the device in a different room for each person well you don't have to not each person but say do two people in one room have them use it separately though don't show them just kind of like at startup weekend we would have a room where we would have people demo our product and then we would interview them about it. And so do that where the other people can't hear what the other person's interacting it with. And then if you want, you can put them in different rooms because then think of all that content that you have. And I could do that same thing with my family. I'll have my mom do it and then I'll move it to a different room and I'll have my dad do it. And then we can release that content over the course of say a month, like every three days we'll release a video of someone using it, you know, instead of posting 10 videos of, in a row, we'll, that will last us a month, and that will be great content of people using our product. Oh, it's saying someone using it. Here's someone using it, and me using it gets gets me to realize a lot yeah. of things. Getting other people to go through the website. Like two days ago, I told my parents, "Hey, go to VoiceDryCleaner.com," and then my dad went there and he starts scrolling through, and I hear the video automatically play, and I cringe a little bit. And then he scrolls down and he goes to pricing and he, he's like, whoa, five pricing. That seems like a lot. Stuff that I've already heard, but I'm like, no, really tell me more. And then he like goes on to explain why. And, and I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Yep. And just watching how people are doing things, just, just putting a toy in front of them and then saying, hey, play with this. I'm not going to tell you how it works. I just want to see how you play with this because 
at the end of the day, our customers are not going to have me standing over, over their shoulder. They, so they I, I have give to you a list of things to com- like check, 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 like things that you can check off your list of completing. You know what I'm saying? They just give you your next Pomodoro session checklist. Exactly. Cause our, CJ brings up to me, he's like, Hey, the website doesn't look good. That needs fixed. And then I go back to him and I'm like, well, we're not going to go and hire someone out for that. We're going to do that. Like, I'm just going to keep making it better. And then someone else says, like, I don't get the website. And that's two nails. And then another person says it. And it's like, okay, Pat, like, you're, you're not, data. <laughs> not correct. Like, go and freaking fix this problem. Yeah. So then I go and find a template. And then, so now we're going to have a beautiful looking website. And that's like the new goal because I've realized that it, it needs to happen. So this is, and this was a simple choice. Like, we were, we were going to be paying someone else to do this. And we were going to be paying way more for honestly probably half the kind of quality that we're getting so just just giving someone a toy and then being like hey play with this and then trying to be an unbiased watcher like trying to be that guy in the white lab coat that's like giving them a product and then running out of the room with a video camera and just like trying to watch how they interact with it just to see how do they play with it where do they get stopped do they get excited by anything does anything make them ask a question and then just removing all those friction points increasing those points where they're excited or they have a positive reaction those points that like speed them up and make them want to stay in that interaction even longer. I like the Jova website because it's a place that you always want to go back to. You always want to just go back and just see what they're working on. Mm-hmm. You want to see that little notification at the top that says the new thing that they're yeah. working on, yeah. or you want to scroll through their agencies and see all it's the agencies that they have. Yeah. You know, what are the actions that would cause someone to leave the app too? You know, what are the things, the points where it's like, ah, uh, this isn't even worth my time, and they switch to going and doing something else. Finding a way that you can switch that into what you're talking about, where it's like, oh, this is amazing. It makes me want to, you know, do my laundry for all my neighbors. You know, that type of ease where it's like it genuinely is valuable to someone to the point where it interests them. I think that is something that we need to figure out to create, and our only way to do that is the feedback loop where you guys are talking about you know, seeing what people like, seeing what they dislike, seeing their ob- observations, seeing how they interact you know, the words that they use to get what they want and slowly over time figuring out, well, 80% of people are looking at it this way. 15% are looking at it this way. 5% are looking at it this way. Let's do the 80 and the 15 for now, and then we'll get to the five when we have some time. So kind of looking at things from a data perspective, that way that we can maximize the number of things that really excites people and then minimize the number of things that cause them. I think one of the things that would stop them from using the app is when there's an error thrown or just it's not understanding what they're saying. And it may be just that this person does not know how to use the, you know, the assistant, you know, doesn't know how to talk to it. Like sometimes my grandma, she'll take too long or whatever. If there was some cute way that we could remind them that, hey, like we didn't really understand what you're saying or repeat yourself or that wasn't even a choice that you should make, like (laughs) there should be like a fun little thing that like just makes it talking to the device less robotic and fun this is not important i'm saying down the road this is like kind of a ux idea but it would just make every time someone opens our app it's just fun to talk to two things for me right now when i opened up the app and i was showing you guys in the google hangout I was looking at my Echo Show and I was thinking, wow, why I feel so bad that I'm pulling my webcam over to show them and there's nothing on the screen. We are not leveraging the screen at all. Ugh, like, why not? 
Yeah, so I think we should start that, with like, a big blue like voice first image. Yes, if nothing else than a blue voice first image. Exactly. And that should be, yes, we that. have that default in all of our apps. Yeah, it should just be like, the fact that there are screens and our default is not, hey, let's put something on those screens. We are missing an opportunity that needs to be leveraged. Even if we just put up like a, a field of grass <laughs> or just something. Yeah. Oh, maybe it should be something nature. Just, maybe just something nature up there, but then the voice first logo. Screen, right? It's like right now we are defaulting to a black screen. So it's yeah. just, oh, okay. Yeah, that's something that I'm focusing on. And, well, and then another thing is her voice. I don't know when I'm recording this and then I hear her talking back and I see the same voice being in all of our YouTube videos. We just hear like her regular voice. I'm like, dang, it would separate us so much if she just didn't sound like her and we had it any other voice. Well, yeah. I know you change the voice or we could record the actual MP3s and get voice actors. We could get voice actors. Do the simplest thing that could possibly work. There is an, a service called AWS poly. I think you already know about it. Oh yeah. Okay. So AWS Poly is you just go in there, you select a a country of accent that you want, whether you want male or female, and then they usually have like one through five options of that specificity. And then you just type text in, you click play, and then you click download MP3, and for free you get these MP3 files. So it's it's like having an, a library of voice actors that say anything you could possibly script. And then we can just take those MP3 files, post them in an AWS S3 bucket and then use those in our app instead of Alexa's voice. So rather than having, um, we have, you know how we have like a strings config file where we define yeah. all the responses that Alexa gives? Instead of that, we just have that link to each of the individual MP3s, and then we're just doing dot add audio with Jovo rather than this dot add text. Yeah. And that's it's really a simple change to then totally change the voice. I think that's a great <laughs> UX thing. Um, I just changed my Google Assistant's voice because I just like, felt it was very robotic you know i just needed to hear something different and every time i hear it i actually enjoy the sound of her voice Ooh. so which is kind of scary though because it's a robot Dude. okay so maybe this i about the diversity being what is important rather than like just not being alexa we can have it be an array of voices. We can do like yeah, five, ten. Each time they get a different person. We make it consistent yeah. for their session. But each time it picks a random voice. That way, each time someone interacts with the app, it's like they interact with a different person at the dry cleaner. Yeah. It makes it. I think that would make it less robotic and more like they're actually talking to a store. Yeah. More like they're talking. Like someone different is picking up the phone yeah. each time and talking to them. That little thing is, is I don't know, I, I can't think of another app that's doing that right now. Also, we talk to these things every day, all day. So it might just be us being annoyed because, you know, I think we just change it to one voice at first. Then, like, they'll just notice that our app is not the Alexa voice. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we do this all day, every day. So, it, you know, it would be really nice for us. But most people, you know, don't use it as much as we do. From my perspective, the best way to go about it is to have two groups of 100 people that are relatively similar to each other. One of them, you're switching the voice every time, and then the other voice, it's like a dependable person as if every time you go yeah. to the dry cleaner, this is who you go to, and you see what people like better. But also, you apply that same logic to every single feature of every voice app that you build, where it's like, okay, well, we're going to test this little part of the app with this big group of people 
try and see what people genuinely prefer. And that way we are building apps that are based on what people would like create if they were building the app themselves. The hard part is sometimes people don't even know what they would want. And that's why it's really important for us to see how do we measure success and what are we looking to change yeah. so that we can be more successful. I think for now, I think that's a lot of work just for the voice. I think that's a, I think AB testing is important though. Like yeah, the, it's the, two the, uh, different templates on the website to be able to A/B test the website. I I think Pat is absolutely right that we should A/B test that rather than just going doing the simplest thing that could possibly work, which is hey, let's create one because until we create one, it's really hard to talk about doing two. But once once right, that's a great place to start is to release something that works, and then from there, yeah, you can improve yes, it. yes, and then we can A/B test like what we were doing, what you did with the. Uh, the cover art of the Twitter page. And we're talking about, Hey, which one do you guys like better? This one or this one? And we just switched it. Cause we, we got tired of it because like RJ said, we see it every single day, but for other people, this is their first impression of us when they drop on our Twitter page and they either see a robot head with wires going around that like is doing a thing, or they just see these light streaks that are going Yo, vertically. That picture which, of all of us holding the uh, Alexa devices, that team picture should be up there. I don't know where that team picture's at, but <laughs> you think that that would be better oh, having yeah, a photo of that team up on the, the, the cover of this and than, see the human beings like, uh, that work at voice first? That would be so much better than a picture. Dude, humans. Hum we put humans as much as we can. You know what? Maybe we should put a team picture on, on the Alexa show when they use our app. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's our team in the middle of your bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so funny. No, nah, I'm kidding about that. But I think yes. the Twitter header for sure the team. Hmm. We could A-B test that, but that's my vote. And I'll put money A-B test in. like iterative games and testing. Well, it's funny because, you know, we have our own personal preferences of what we would want, and I think having the team on it would make it would they, they, they would come and then they'd they see it. Take. Oh, look at these guys, man. They all got their devices. They're all smiling. Blah, blah, blah. But, you, you know, our opinion, you know, carries zero value because what we would want is that that picture that we have is the thing that gets someone's attention where they then start using our app. You know, if we all like it and we all agree, like, oh, we built a perfect social media page where we're talking about the best things ever and showcasing the best media possible. It really doesn't matter if we think it's the best. More so what's important is that it yeah. provides other people value, you know? Because, you know, our customer's perspective of what our Twitter looks like matters more than what our internal mm -hmm. team thinks. I argue that they want to see a happy team. I mean, but, you know, this is obviously just my opinion. Oh, I, yeah, I 100% understand your perspective. Only in that then it also provides a more humanistic perspective to something that is, completely yeah, computer exactly. software-related. So like I think it's like always go on the side of human because we're humans and we're just like wired to interact with humans. Hmm. You definitely throw humans in, as, but you, you couldn't throw humans in every... There's a point of balance in all things. Agreed. Have, having, having too much of anything always... Yeah. 
down the scale and creates. Yeah, I'm not trying to seem like I'm fighting for this too hard. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I definitely think we should AD test. I think it would be amazing to be able to have had Dawn on this call, if for no other reason, just to like sit and listen, so that she is aware and on the same page. Because I'm gonna like take this afterwards, and I'm gonna send the link to her. And I hope she listens to it, but RJ sends me links for episodes and I know I don't listen to them all the time. Like I do when Pat sends me links to episodes and I don't listen to them all the time, but when I'm here, I'm very present. Yeah. I, agreed. Like, I, I think that saying this on together keeps us on the same page because talking about our, our tech stuff, it's nice because we're, we all understand that the conversation is here, but it's also for everybody else it's if they so choose. The fact that it is documented makes everybody that's part of the conversation way more present and thoughtful of the words that they're saying versus if it was just like yeah, when I say yeah. to everybody and I say, hey, this Google Hangouts is about to be recorded, they, they, they choose whether or not they're going to speak and then how they contribute and whether or not they're like zoned out and texting or it just creates a different context. You're like creating the context. But it allows everybody to be present in a different way. So I, I completely agree with that. And I think it provides a lot of value. Some people just, you know, I think that some people, once they got over the hump of like, oh, there's a camera there. Like, we don't even think about that. Like, you know what I'm saying? We'll be working and I'll be doing something and Pat will like pick up a camera and start videoing me and I won't flinch or he'll be doing something and I'll immediately just grab his phone and shove it in his face and he'll thumbprint it and then I'll start taking a video and it's just like it's a it's just a reaction but we we understand the value I think that that is a meditative practice the ability to see the camera like see the impulse to want to change but then like take a deep breath and just continue doing what you're doing and then pretend like it's not there yeah we live in a world where cameras are going to become more and more prevalent in people's daily lives. There are cameras on every single police officer. And as a result, people are putting cameras in their cars to watch the police officers watching them. And there are businesses that want to watch people who have cameras on themselves watching them. Like the, every single moment of everybody's life is being documented already. And I mean, just, you need to do some research on China. Do some research on China and you'll be, you know, like where you think we'll be is like where China is. But also, yeah. once you get used to the camera, you'll so start in London, in London this past then, week, once you get there, then you really have arrived. <laughs> in London this past week, they were testing a new software for surveillance, and essentially what they tried for eight hours is they recorded the streets and were looking and scanning at different people's faces to try and find people who are on the wanted list. And so that just really, really signifies the future that we're headed towards because a hundred years ago, our technology wasn't nearly where it's at today and governments are going to have a lot more power. But that being said, you know, how can we utilize how amazing it is to be in this time period to document the best things that happen to us so that we can learn and build better products for other people? Because, you know, there's, there's, good and bad things that uh, have a potential out of coming out of cameras being everywhere. But for us, it could serve as an opportunity to document all of the individual lessons that we learned without them sort of floating into the ether, yeah. never actually being actionable. Also, I think it may be important for us forgetting 
computers don't forget. So this all this data they acquire, like they might have too much data. Like some people are afraid of like Alexa recording everything I say, but I'm okay with that. Think about the, all the data that they have. With, there's not going to be one person to parse that data and then like come find me and do something to me. They're just taking data of humanity as a whole. So I don't like, I'm not that afraid, you know, unless the AI exists right now, which it might that we don't know, you know, then we could be afraid. But I mean, I don't think there's much to be afraid of. More yeah. to be excited about, that's for sure. I think we're at an advantage that we can forget. You know, I think I learned some principles along the way, but then when I look back, I can connect the dots and really I can say which principles helped me the most. And then that would provide the simplest, most valuable 80-20 advice I could give someone. I'm glad that I can rely on computers to be a better memory than I have because I have opened up in the past two days, patricksweetman.com forward slash books to try to just to look at the books that I've read this year. Oh yeah. I've got so many books that I've read, but the fact that the computer remembers it better than I can makes it so that I don't care. Like I can forget that piece of information. It doesn't have to take up any of my energy. Instead, anytime I want to remember, I just go to Pat, I just go to my website and I just check and then I can see the books and then I can remember all of the things that I said and like, even at that, I remember the videos that I made about those books, which reinforced the memories that I had before. Like, it lets me talk about the books that I read in a such, such a different way. If I want to really, if I get to the point where I want to write an article, hey, the top books that I read this year, rather than trying to remember all of those books in the order I read them out of my memory, I can just look at my website, I can see the order that they were written in, and then I can write like a progressive story about the books that I read this year and how one book led to the other and the story of all of them weaving together. And I can be more creative about telling the story rather than having to try to remember the facts. I can let someone else remember. I can let the computer do that. And I've been we can leverage it as to our podcast that we record or conversations that we have or videos that we make. And I'm being more vigilant of things that I say. I want to remind myself of what I truly, what is my true North? What are the principles that I want to follow? and ideas of within voice first and things I want to execute on, I'm going to talk about those that when I go back and listen to them, maybe, you know, in a week's time, I'll forget what I say during this exact podcast, but then in a week's time, it may be super applicable what that idea I had was. And I go back and I'm instantly reminded of that full thought. And then the context that it arised in, and now I can act, you know, I can execute it better in the moment so i just have literally i was walking to a meeting you know one of our meetings on campus the other day listening to one of the podcasts that we recorded and it was honestly very valuable so i would say even to educate yourself in the present moment you know what i'm saying like i am setting the groundwork for rj in two weeks the three that are sticking out to me right now um iterative games um I just had an iterative games along with do the simplest thing that could possibly work along with Kaizen iterative games, meaning that every single day you're just trying a new thing and you're playing a game with yourself, trying to just loop the process, get feedback, loop yeah. the process, feedback, pivot. And then 
Kaizen being getting 1% better every single day, the Japanese term of Kaizen of just taking a single step, 1% towards the larger goal that you're always working towards and doing the simplest thing that could possibly work rather than trying to overcomplicate things, make them more simple and just do the freaking simplest thing. Stop talking about it. Get one, like do the thing, then go and talk about how it happened. Do the thing and then talk about it, but don't overcomplicate it. Make it in the simplest possible form and then do it. But like all of those principles, right. saying those and then remixing them together is like, okay, now I can go back and I can listen to those again. But you taught me, RJ, you taught me freaking iterative games. And now the fact that you say that all the time reinforces that for me. And I think it's such a strong principle. Like I'm glad that I have that opportunity. And, and I think you're right. Like don't, I shouldn't be talking about this as though it's me today. I'm talking to Pat 10 years from now. Like, just, I'm talking to Pat 10 years from now. <laughs> yeah. Iterated games is an iterated game. You just have to repeat it. And then it's a very meta idea that you just keep saying it, and then it helps you. I would say besides that, don't talk, execute, and bias for action. I just – bias for action is so in my head now. Um, I use it for everything. If I just like look at my pile of laundry and I'm like, dang, I need to do laundry bias for action. It just becomes like this. It's funny, but it becomes a reflex and it's awesome. And it's a superpower. Anything I think of, like, as I look at my dirty laundry right now, but bias for action. I guess I have to do that right now. Then. I'm talking to you. I guess I have to. You know what I'm saying? I have to stop talking about it. I have to be about it. Um, but I would say surround yourself with people that you want to be like. I think that that's a perfect point to end. RJ goes and does his laundry, and we, we peace out. Oh, wait. Pat has to give his three. Pat has to give his three. So there are three things that really stood out to me. One is that you need to start off with something simple and then continue to improve it. Another is that each individual person brings their own value in figuring out and mapping out how you can make the best possible product using all of the individual skills that everyone has is really important. And then also for anyone who has their own podcast, if you're ever trying to do it remotely from your car, I learned something today. So when you guys were talking and I was driving, it was kind of cutting in and out. But when I was at a standstill, I could hear both of you perfectly. Interesting. So you had so, like your data connection or something. Yeah, it was crazy because whenever I would have to start driving, it would sort of start cutting out. But whenever I was at a stoplight, I could hear you guys perfectly. We press our tools to their absolute limits, and we're going to continue to challenge the technology until it catches up to what we're trying to do. Yeah, because I'd love to be able to drive been, and do this. I have been waiting on this long. I've been like literally four or three days. <laughs> You're doing it. Like, it took me. It took me freaking podcast to buy, talk about bias or action to do my laundry. Yes, it's simple things. All right, simple boys. Things. This was good. I think we should have Dawn on the podcast. We send her this episode, and then we ask in the question in the following, or actually, maybe that's the intro. That's the first line of the description of this. Dawn, Dawn please can you be on our podcast. podcast? <laughs> yes. yes, yes, yes. Because okay. when she opens it on her on her Alexa or something, she'll be like, what? Is that the title of this episode? <laughs> we'll talk about it after. Okay. Love y'all.
All right, Peace, Tommy. Boys.